Greetings ladies and gents, and welcome to this latest video. There is no epic loot here, only puns taken from the website Royal Road. The link to the story will be down below. If you wish to support the author, please head over there and give them support. If you wish to support the channel, there are numerous ways to do so down below. There is Discord, Merch, Patreon, bunch of other stuff too. So have a look in the description, you might be surprised. Anyways, now on to the fiction. As always, I hope that you enjoy. A quick thank you to the T5 peeps. Bob the Dragon, Data Magnet, Cat Crab Lobster, Dark Machine, Try Again 95, Estrella the Dreamer, Mezik, Budic Joel, German Chemist, Casper Arnholtz, and Chaos to Must. Thank you very much. Chapter 137. The Boss Dropped Drama as a Reward. Wait. Delta blinked as she turned to her dungeon. The meeting of the siblings over, ending with the eclipse. No wonder they don't meet up casually. They're walking disasters. She waved her hands in the air. Fun, Maharia's voice came. Delta turned to skull at her but paused. Maharia was still in the garden, but she was in some sort of pyre built up by Jack's smut books and the cobalt danced around her, torch in hand. Tepep, almighty reader of trash, take this vile wench into your arms, Jack hollered, sounding tribalistic. Jack, uh, don't start fires in the garden, Delta said finally, causing him to stop. She deserves us far more, he stated without any shame. Maybe Pip doesn't want Maharia. Aren't you being rude by pushing her onto someone else? Delta tried as she moved closer. True. I know, I can leave her bone by wire, he said, and took off with Maharia in his hands. Delta, I demand mercy, Maharia screeched before she vanished through the door, followed by Jack's mad cackle. Delta thought about what she did to Alpha. Mercy will take 30 to 45 minutes depending on delivery time. Please, uh, be patient, she said limply before smiling. She might actually murder us all if you keep pushing her, spite his powerful motivator. New appeared and Delta gave him a long look. Well, you'd know, but I have news. Delta turned to her friend as New pondered her comment. The demon sibling that lives inside all humans and is the enemy sort is maybe also from Earth, and maybe someone I know or potentially someone whose memory causes people to turn evil, she explained. New was blank for a moment. Oh, and um, also... I may be causing my own cult to rise up as I do the exact same thing with my monsters, meaning that I could also be an eldritch goddess if I snap, Delta added ever so carefully. You vex me, in mind, soul, and body. Delta gave him a curious look. You admit to having a soul? She asked, amused, and new turned away, avoiding her gaze. No. He vanished, and Delta was left alone as she blinked. He was acting odd. She turned to chase him down and ask him if he was alright, but all at once she was surrounded by a dozen screens, alerting her to a dozen or more things at once. Not all at once! She yelled over the pinging and the screens began to inch to a rough orderly line that stretched far distance back. My god, I work at the DMV, Dalton muttered as the first one stepped up. How many of these are um, important? Like, uh, I definitely need to know level of importance. She asked the line. About ten more screens popped into existence, getting into line. I should have let Maharia turn me crazy. Delta groaned as she sat down on the rock and got to work. 
The three of them went to Mila's house. The mother of Rudy looked pained as she leaned on the table. Some memories came back, Haldi announced almost too casually. Pick two to spare fork Mila had laying about. Mila didn't have the energy to turn him off. She was too busy trying not to weep at the memories of the beginning. Damn, Durance, damn that man, damn him and his stupid heroic attitude. Why? The manna didn't rise, so why did they return? Pick asked around a mouthful of prongs. One fell. One of those silence beasts fell. Mila turned, face calm, her eyes were flaring, however. Then, um, the dungeon is winning? Pick asked, hopefully, and Mila snorted before she brought out one of her many bottles of expensive and sometimes illegal booze. She brought four glasses down and the containers clinking. She poured the drink into each, and the unsaid toast to her fallen friend loud in their hearts. So, um, if we can remember a little more, does that mean that the incident is less likely to make us go mad? Haldi asked after a moment, his nose wrinkling at the drink, eyeing the label of the bottle, which boasted an 80% dragon blood and a coconut. It was called Fiery Paradise. It was more like hot crap, but he drank it because it was actually strong enough to make him feel it. Yeah, but it doesn't change anything. It just means instead of going insane and killing everyone we love on the first floor, we'll go stab happy on the second. This fight isn't over by a long shot, Mila said and Pick sighed. Ah, yeah, I felt it when I went for my grandson. It was still there, almost. That anger, that, uh, hate... Like a poison in the wound, Pick muttered, nursing his own drink and almost chewing the glass before he remembered it wasn't his glass to chew. Haldi and Mila knew exactly what he meant. The manor line was deadened and our families grew up with starved seeds. Even if it cost us everything they made ourselves, their seeds are malnourished and almost useless to the enemy, Mila said, forcing herself not to think too hard about the issue. A power was a hair trigger from exploding if she allowed her seed to drown her in memories not her own. This was the curse of power. Some went and bound themselves to the king, using his power from the dungeon to drain the rising corruption of their seeds, but not the folks of Durance. Even without the corruption of the seeds, bowing to a sad pathetic man on a throne to save themselves would never be an option. Haldi raised his glasses. To Delta. Sorry for the trouble, but, um, keep at it, he toasted, and the other two followed suit. You have defeated one of the major threats against the world, a misguided as it turned out to be. Maharia has been defeated and employed. All additional third floor space shall be broken down due to size limitations. Maharia's throne room will be made into a boss room. Delta could feel the grinding of the floor, the breaking of a lot of stuff, had generally a growing headache at the information she was trying to pass while reading. Her third floor was going to end up actually not being that big, to be honest. The entrance to the map room, which had a sideways passage to the library and troll den, onwards to the feast hall that was connected to the Jeb's side kitchen. Both of them led onwards to the main feature of the third room, the round garden. Delta manually counted the paths. She had a demon smith, the mad lab that used to be Hall Hall that was now developing into a heckling damn second mushroom grove of exploding lava mushrooms, a blank wall where the zoo used to be, 
and a semi-dorm room that was culled by her gargoyles during her fight with Maharia. The bathroom was the final door. Delta had to think of it as a sort of compass on a map. The bathroom was exactly due north, the lamp was northeast, and the zoo was to the east. The cursed mushroom tunnel was southeast, and the feast hall was south. A door leading back to Jeb's kitchen was southwest, and the demon smithy was due west, and the old dorms were northwest. There was also the fact that she had hidden mana well in her garden that did things to people. Terrible and wonderful things. Due to defeating the threat and absorbing her things, you have gained max mana. Excess mana sent back to the rest of the dungeon to restore functionality. And 800 DP due to abrupt shifting in dungeon and concern for Delta stress. The fourth floor, 400 DP, is locked for three days to allow adjustment and self-care. I could really use a foot massage and having my nails painted, Delta agreed. It was sort of a relief not to have to instantly worry about a new floor. She hadn't even made the proper boss with this floor. Still, when she had a moment, she'd make some den or place for Maharia to roost in. Delta could even make her some old things from her home to make the girl feel, uh, better. Maharia was an issue, and Delta honestly didn't know how to handle her exactly. Notable items absorbed included set of dragon remains, advanced marble material, black and white variants, expensive paintings and frames, images easily painted upon creation, detailed lich-infused bones, one tea set made of rare diamond and tea leaves of pure magical essence, a closet full of carefully maintained dresses, one throne, click to expand. Delta saw that each item produced an almost staggering amount of follow-up notifications of potential upgrades, mixtures, unlockable suggestions, monster creations, and uh, on and on it went. How long is it going to take me to get through all of this? She asked with dismay. You eyed it all and then reported to her a moment later. Six hours and roughly twenty minutes if you work non-stop. No, Delta announced, crossing her arms, the act of sitting down and going through tons of repetitive work, looking over details she couldn't grasp or understand while trying to give them value in return shook something inside of her. A recoil of horror, like this was a fiend that she'd tackled before. A single moment and she was elsewhere, a desk with rows of shadowy people before her. They all looked out of focus for a moment, except one that seemed near the back, gazing out the window. She cleared her throat and in the stream, <clears throat> Pay attention, your homework score which was just as disappointing as the others. You'll all stay behind an hour before the trip to complete additional work to ensure you qualify for the trip. She instructed and knew that she didn't have to offer this. It would even mean driving them to the damn camp itself. Bates stopped glaring at me. You know you'd rather go than stay here for a week, Delta reminded, and the girl scoffed, but didn't argue. The last two looked up, expecting her to call on her next. Can stop poking people with your ruler before I take it away? She walked, and the boy grinned at her, and started building a sword out of pens that he could slot together. She really needed to clean out his damned desk. Okie donkey, Misty, he yelled back, unbothered. Sighing, she turned to the last student. At the desk was a pile of snarting mouths, teeth, claws, and insane bloated eyes that shot forward and swallowed her with a primal scream. Delta snapped back, 
physically toppling over as she laid there, shaking. New carefully picked her up with his formed hands. His ability to morph his shape continued to grow each day, despite his stubbornness on remaining a screen. They're trying to honor their word, it seems. Sister and brother are unchaining your memories, despite the trouble that they may cause, he said with a touch concern. Delta touched her head, beginning her head throbbing. If, um, I remember what happened, I, I, I think little brother is involved. I think I knew him, she muttered, and there was a slight pause before she thought something unpleasant. If she was around when brother and sister took little brother to be their family, did that mean that she and the others were simply dragged along and, uh, kept in stasis as the world formed? Or did brother intentionally fish them out due to their connection with little brother? She tried to think hard about what happened and something odd began to happen. She was abruptly at her core, feeling her head was splitting open. Her orange core, suspended between the two pillars, shone with a thin crack went down the one side of her to match her pain. Oh, that's no, um, unable to comply, she said softly, tilting her head. She looked at her hand. I don't think that had any avatar state deployed function to display effect on me. So, so hopefully I can just use glue to fix myself, she mused. Glue not found in archives. I mean, uh, I have to make glue since no one's dropped it in spiderweb honey combination. But glue can't be that hard. She shrugged. Delta, what's wrong, Yoram? You have a crack on your face. Lou appeared at her side. Delta blinked. Oh, hey, new. Designated aid of core and friend. Error. Class for friend not found. I think I pushed too hard, but um, I'm okay. Core performance in 95 and dropping. Restoration in progress, she reported. Delta, you are saying things without hearing yourself. What restoration? What damage? New demanded, and Delta was getting a bit concerned about a friend as she floated forward. New, no, are you feeling okay? She asked worriedly before she turned abruptly and began to go about her duties. Admin access to core memories have caused to compile error. Core Delta is suffering backlash from memories that she was not ready for. System override was engaged from the highest authority. Why? Trust, reason, not logic. New companion, Delta system will repair inwards. Please halt Admin Delta from acting against innate code of let's not be a murder hobo dungeon. Delta began to rattle off, but she didn't think that she was saying anything too important. Did, um, did you develop a personality split in the ten seconds I was gone? The screen demanded. Can't talk, new. Gotta make Super Dragon with five heads and spew liches instead of fire breath, she said distractedly. Error, such a creation goes against the established desires. Admin Delta is faulty, rebooting irrational fear of spiders' subroutine. The monotone emerged afterwards. Delta abruptly began to screech, but walked forward like she was walking in the park. He was shocked, utterly baffled. Then he became angry. Sis watched as her general control and consoles, now utterly decimated by mushrooms, all began to quiver. One part of the devoured divine instruments began to glow hot and blue, the mushrooms wilting away until something else emerged. A crystal tip from some blade arose, creating four features that become inhospitable to the mushrooms. Crystal and mushrooms, what incompatible beings. What a beautiful sight, 
Sis watched as the crystals spread out, uprooting any mushrooms that were in its way. Finally, I thought you'd never come, new. she giggled as she sipped her tea. Maharia wasn't going to drink it now, so uh, why not? The orange core flashed, and a crack seeding over, and the influx of mana as new physically dragged Delta back by the end of her ear between his two fingers. The healed portion was shimmering azure blue, creating a striking flawed core. Flawed, but not corrupt. Like a beautiful eye with an orange and blue lines intersecting to a green. Hey, Maharia said slowly, eyeing the giant effeminate tree. Her form seemed able to freely move through the dungeon, unbound to any floor. Delta was a fool to grant her this much freedom, but even then, Maharia knew that she was always watched. The tree, with a cold expression, eyed her. If you ask to nest in my branches like a bird, I'll rip your wings off one by one and use you as a new lipstick, the tree said flatly. Oh, Maharia liked this one. So much fire. Are you the wilt tree? Maharia asked, hearing from the trolls that such a tree existed. The trolls were lovely and easy to manipulate. They talk about anything. The tree known as Wyan sneered at her. Are you the great fairy that touches prepubescent teens to uh, power them up? She asked mockingly in return. Maharia snorted. I believe you'll find that she was hunted down and chopped up for pieces a while ago. No, I'm Delta's newest uh, employee, Maharia said with such an annoyance that it seemed to distract Wine from being rude. Ah, the darling princess, yes, I heard you were spanked and sent to the naughty corner. Wine smirked and fanned her branches out of the sea mendicant. Don't uh, call me that. Maharia said darkly, and the tree drank in her anger like sunlight. Of course, Ivory Noble, Blank Baroness, Calcium Caltes, Wyam listed, and Maharia could leave, but she decided to power on through gritted teeth. I heard you ended up being a loser to the parasite my dear papa summoned. She fired back, and Wyam's entire form froze. Not a single leaf twitched. Maharia moved easily to avoid the massive trunk-like fist thrown at her. She put a dainty finger on the wood as it moved past. Well, shall I call you Homeless Hathorn? Perhaps Pacific Palm? I can do this mean business too. Maharia warned as she weaved between the dozens of vines trying to spear through her. She was only dodging because her actual offense power was, uh... Maharia couldn't actually harm anything... The only magic she possessed now was the glow-up or sunlight invisibility to humans. She bent backwards with the thought. She, well, she couldn't hurt people physically. Verbally was a whole other game. We can utter demons to each other, but I think that we can also discuss how to kill that sanctimonious harrigan sack of flesh that killed my family and stole your tree, Maharia announced, and the vine stopped instantly from her face. Give me one word. And how exactly you're going to do that? Just one, Wyatt said, voice as thin as a wire. Maharia smiled sweetly, her eyes dark. Delta. After a moment, the vines retreated. You had my irritation now. Wyatt's face leaned in, sleek and flushed with sap. You have my attention. Maharia felt a single chill go down the spine. 
a sly reminder that she was still talking to a literal goddess, shattered and broken down as she was. The real danger wasn't outlasting Wyan's anger. No, Maharia knew that the real danger was to ensure that Wyan let her go in the end if she ever rose up again as a true goddess. A life on the run from the invader god was easy. An actual in-world god. Maharia was stupid and irrational at times, but even she feared what was to be the actual successor to the brother. The tree that would absorb the brother had these eye, giving them eternal rest, holding the world together. Just as the other would consume the sister, Maharia's confidence shook. End of chapter. Chapter 138. Picture Books. Delta prefers pop-ups. Why do we keep coming back here? New asked as they laid under the water of the first floor pond. It's like a fish or swimming in the sky. It's quiet, Delta said after a moment, her eyes only slightly open. A shadow moved over the surface, hiding the fake moon from sight. New slapped the giant catfish away as it tried to swallow him. Insolent, fishstick, have some manners. New grumbled as it swam off to be dark behemoth in the shadows. Whiskers is only playing, Delta smiled at the scene. Whis, you know what? I've heard worse out of you. He sighed and laid down next to her and moved his hand, greeting currents and swirls. I'm worried, Delta admitted as she ran a finger down the side of her face, imagining she could feel the crack that was there before. It's a moon-swallowing catfish, uh, is this really where you draw the line after everything you've made that ended up being a little, uh, much? You asked sarcastically, his screen ending with a flat emoticon. Whiskers is great. I want ten of them, but no, I, I mean, um... She trailed off and you was blank for a moment, his screen turning to her. I know, he said, and he was eyeing the blue scar on Delta's face without any subtlety. Am I, um... Breaking down because I'm terrible at what I'm supposed to do, Delta asked, moving past the silence as she sat up, causing a swarm of fish around her to school like a colorful tornado around her. Delta smiled, her fingers brushing the joyful creatures as she sat at the epicenter of the rainbow funnel, new leaned in, causing the tear to shoot up the image. Considering you went off script from day one, he began, Amusement coloring his statement. I suspect that the system and the world simply can't handle how bombastic you are. It should adapt, not expect you to break down. Clearly, the inferior subject should rise to emulate the superior. New announced and Dalton tilted her head as two large catfish went through her hair, knotting it into a bun. I'm uh, superior, she asked, feeling touched. You are everyone's mother around here, hence... Mother Superior, New said, twitching as he said the words. Oh, none of that. I'll get an ego, Adalta said, face raised in a cackle as she nudged New with her elbow. Remove your avatar's bony joints from myself before I hurt you. Won't you, Adalta said quickly and pulled back. They sat there for a moment as the moon above turned to a crescent worthy of a Cheshire grin. Thanks for helping me. And, uh, being my rock when I went to crap, she said, and knew didn't look at her. If you die, I refuse to be saddled with this mess you call a dungeon. It's self-serving that I keep you functional, naturally. 
Lou explained without any hint of teasing. You can just say, you're welcome, you know, Delta said, blowing a strand of her hair out of her face. And missed the chance to mock you, I'd rather die. Delta leaned her head in and the screen lowered its brightness to make the bottom of the lake more peaceful. No more words were said for a time as the moonlight illuminated the lake, revealing fish, rocks, and the crystal-clean water. Delta's face flowed outwards, and the dungeon lulling into a soft moment that just basked in the fact that they all survived another day. Another day that they could spend as a family. So, uh, we missed the big battle between Delta and the undead brat, Chris asked. He narrowed his expression, looking down at the sheepish goblins as they lingered around the dungeon entrance. Yes, Hobbs said, and Rudy picked him up. Little green man, you did good getting us. Don't be afraid, she said, while giving off a blood-soaked aura. Hob stared at Rudy and turned on Quiz, still holding him. Stop upsetting the goblins, Quiz, just because they're prettier than you, she said, and Quiz eyed his staff and then at Rudy as if considering her optimal target to aim for. How is Delta? He decided to ask instead, and Gob turned to the entrance and yelled down the question with a bark. Kois, Quis, was sure it was him since the tone sounded catty, yelled back in a matching rough voice. Yeah, Delta's great. She's just subjecting her enemies to bondage and strict punishment. Gob reported back as he saluted and Rudy dropped Hob as a jaw dropped. I suppose that's why the word dungeon is in the name of this, uh, Rudy mused before Quist bowed on, not wanting to talk about the indecent acts in the subterranean spaces around goblins, or really, or anyone. Does she need help? He asked firmly, and Rudy leaned in over his shoulder. All those buckles and zippers can be a pain, she added with a grin. How do you know about that? Quist asked before immediately regretting it. My mother has a lot of old books labeled stuff I did once with Maruli's father that I enjoyed but screw him, Rudy said with an absolutely no shame. Quiss recoiled. I'm out. Tell Delta not to burn a hole in reality until after I'm drunk, he said and walked off with Rudy still attached to him. The goblins watched them go as Rudy mouthed back to them. Tell Delta I'll be back later to test those zippers, she said before giving them a big thumbs up. What's a shipper? Bob asked, and Gob looked smug. A lightning boss monster that traps enemies with his large fingers, he said with a little sage nod. Hob gasped in excitement. They went down to ask Kois about Delta's powerful zippers. Delta discovered something rather amazing about her notifications. They had a learning-based algorithm, and once she'd asked them to only appear if it would be interesting... A lot of the boxes vanished, leaving those that Delta actually wanted to see. It was almost as powerful as Facebook ad technology, but not quite. There were a few worth actually looking at that simply weren't, you got a new material, here's the countless things that you could be used for. Dragonbone candle holders were cool, but not pressing. The first was the library ones. Due to absorbing all of Mahari's belongings, all books have been sorted into the library automatically. Many deep secrets have been stored and may hold value to many adventurers. These include Deep Art of Forging Sacred Blades, The Guide to Living Wood, A Thousand and One Cures, Gilleran's Book of Killer Spells, Tea, It's Back and Forward, Not Around When Stirring, and more. 
The books can be offered as one-time use rewards for those with an affinity to them. Many of them were thought lost, and now ancient orders may be able to track them to your dungeon. That was neat, but um, Delta was way more excited about the next line. A small collection of children's books and such have been absorbed, automatically creating a kid corner in the library with small chairs and nightlights. Do you have the hungry caterpillar? Do we have it in stock? Delta demanded abruptly as she zoomed to the room in question. No such book is found in the library. Created for 2DP, the system asked. Yes, can't have a library and not have that book, she said as she touched down at the library itself. A large room of twisting bookcases. A moment later, there was a flash and a crate fell down in front of her, both with neat stacks of said book. I thought I'd just get one, Delta said before shrugging. One for the non-fiction, one for art, one for poetry, one for religion, she sang as she picked them up and rushed to the shelves. Libro the Gollum eyed her as she formed out of many books. Delta looked up at him. Say, um, ah, she instructed, and the Gollum did so to let Delta slot one of the books into his face. After a moment, he turned a vibrant shade of reds and greens. Festive, she grinned. That reminded Delta. She pulled up another notification. Libro Gollum has gained massive power boost due to the influx of books. He has become a repository of knowledge and magics. His power grows as he has fed knowledge. His awareness of the secrets of the world evolves. He is pleased by the gift from Delta. He shall delete the three laws of Gollum's to make space for this book to reside in his permanent mind. Three laws, are Those sound familiar. It'll come back to me, along with even more traumatic memories, I'm sure, Delta said with a shrug, deciding fretting over it would do her no good. We will need, um, Winnie the Witch, or the one where she has the black cat in the black home. I love that one. Along with that, we'll need the Waldo books, and everything I recall about dinosaurs, please, Delta announced as she finished putting the last hungry caterpillar book in world politics. Delta could argue it was an allegory about eating the rich or something. The books started to rain down, and Delta held her arms out as her childhood flooded the room. Lizards, horrible historics, comics, all of the books about Harry the Wizard, she announced. The torrential downpour of books started to become a real issue. When the weather changed to start hailing goblets of fire at her, Delta ran for cover. Just when it started to die down, she brightened. The magic school bus, she recalled, and the ceiling literally just gave up and dropped all of the books. Delta forgot the series had so many books. For 15 DP, she was drowning in escapism. She saw Libra was staring at her with his featureless face. Just because I'm a dungeon corp doesn't mean I don't enjoy escapism, she said defensively. Some of her books started to mingle with Jack's altar. Delta would have to apologize for the mess later, but... She was too busy swimming in paperbacks. Then the realm beyond and before and sometimes afterwards, Pup hummed as he shuffled about in his slippers and robe, putting back the Lucille Greenstone Book 15. The revenge of the ghost vampire still loved her. It was alright, but the formula was getting stale. If Lucy didn't start dealing with her issues instead of sleeping with them, she was not going to develop in the next 30 books the series had. He let his thin fingers browse over his collection, closing his eyes to pull one out at random. He eyed a book with great confusion. 
It was not his typical affair. Any morphs? Book one. Yuck. Changeling, sir. Curious. The personifications of Hero's death said as he carried the book to his armchair by the fire. All around him, books squeezed themselves in between his smut and cheap trash romance novels. Colorful, bright books. Delta closed the door to the library, swearing she'd return to binge after she spent her DP elsewhere. There was a lot to do and, uh, a lot of time to do it. Immortality, uh, Delta paused as the word came over her. Technically, um, she was immortal in the sense of being ageless. Repress, Delta said tightly, right eye tensing. The thoughts of knowing humanity might perish before her was swiftly replaced with the tunes that made her brain light up with good feeling bits. I want to be the very best, she announced and floated off to the garden where she pulled out more notifications. Call move beyond empty bathroom. Stairs are closed off to the fourth floor. Would you like to select a theme now or wait? Delta sat down on the giant new statue that hid her manor well. Is that allowed since I can't go there? She asked curiously. Like setting up a reservation at a restaurant. You can plan ahead, Lou said, appearing at her side casually. What were you up to? She asked curiously. Placing more signs. I got lax at them, he said simply. Should I, I be worried? She asked, eyebrows raised. Of course, but uh, look, an important choice, he said, pointing out his hands. Delta blinked, watching the box unfold to show five options. What? That's two more than the last time, she pointed out. New turned to her. Technically, the last time you didn't get a choice, he reminded her with a casual shrug. True, Maharia saw to that. She read off the list. Both floor theme. Please select one. Crystal theme, a selection of round caves filled with a special crystal growth that can be used to make elemental crystals and special crystal lizard monsters. Mansion theme, a special series of hallways and inner floors that emulate a noble mansion. Its specialty is humanoid monsters and mimics. Ice theme, a large expensive snowfield and hidden ice tunnels host to dangerous monsters. The main snowfield has a boss monster roaming its space. Island theme. A series of interlocked islands in a tropical climate. Powerful monsters reside in the water and it's safe to pass each island's trial, then go swimming. Gothic swamp theme. A large dark swamp that has a few gothic churches as landmarks. The swamp is said to be home of witches and vampires and uh, mud baths. Those were some options. Delta was great at making choices, however. Random button. Where's the random button? She muttered, pressing around the frame of the box. New have to choose. New was unsympathetic to her plight. But they're also cool. Delta threw her hands up as the choices continued to face her. She blew out a sigh. I kind of wish I had a ton of people just out of sight to vote on this for me. I suck at making informed decisions because ice level sounds really fun like Hoth. But the islands are also amazing. I need to think it over. She admitted and stood up, grinning. I got three days right, plenty of time to not think about it and panic the last minute before doing the work. She said calmly, making New turn around and make a sound similar to an old dial-up tones. I am partial to the Mimic Mansion, something about it makes my code tinkle. I wonder if guests would like my health potion Mimic, or perhaps the entire floor is a boss and they're inside the Mansion Mimic. New exclaimed in excitement. Delta gave him a look. 
Wasn't that a fella rock in that ninja anime? She asked doubtfully. You went quiet. How dare you call my plan a filler? I'm filler than your unwanted sequel that no one wanted. You accused and dealt a ghost. Hand over her mouth. Not two-piece, she asked in an aghast tone. New leaned in. Dragon Ball GT, he whispered. Delta withered in disgust. They're speaking in ancient tongues and spells again, Dr. Muth, as he stroked his stone-plagued doctor mask. The watching gargoyles watched the sun and moon rub and accuse each other of being something worse and worse, until New said Delta was FF11 of the series, and Delta lost her cool. Mimic Mansion is cancelled! I just brought cancel culture down on your screedy butt, Delta cried, fist shaking. There was a pause. Actually, it, it, it is neat, but I won't pick it, just because you want it, she added afterwards. Just like eleven, you once again made no progress in bettering yourself. News a good guy. He's keeping her busy, Doza said, as Dragon grinned. Hard to ignore that she's spooked by her weird scar. But I think she looks neat. Gargoyle turned to the tallest of them. What do you think, Van? He asked, and the stoic humanoid merely nodded. She will never stop being beautiful to me, he agreed, and turned away to skulk into the shadows. Van, uh, you're just walking into the corridor. We all have night vision. We can see you, Dozer called, getting no reply in return. Lord, Dragon muttered. He has a crush, leave him be. Doctor announced, and went off to the lava shroom tunnel to perform, uh, science. After a moment, as they began to move off, Dozer casually spoke a sentence that made both Van and Dr. Pauls in their tracks as Dragon turned to listen. I, I heard there's a boss spot open, he commented quietly, and the air charged instantly, the casual banter gone and the competitive stare off taking its place. Interesting, the doctor said evenly. Near the kitchen drawer, Jeb the troll blinked as he stirred his soup, listening to the gargoyle's talk. Hey, boss, he mumbled, wondering if Nashley knew what that meant. He could ask, if nothing else. If we trick Delta, we can have her calling the fiend to us and use the dungeon against him, Marius said, floating before Wyan, who was looking down, thoughtful. The parasite sucks mana up and feeds itself. If it burrows near Delta, she'll be starved, Wyan pointed out casually. There's no dungeoneers near the tree now. She spoke as if she knew that for a fact. And Delta will suffer a little and break, but stopping the tree is our ultimate goal, Maharia said coyly as she floated up, turning away from Wyan as she put a finger to her chin. He is a threat to everything, she summed up. So... Um, it's between Delta's well-being and the parasite's death, is it? Wine said, chuckling, as she fanned herself with her branches. Mahari smirked, turning, but gagged as Wine hooked a branch into her mouth, the thing burrowing deep into her throat as Wine dragged her closer, until Mahari was forced to stare into Wine's golden amber eyes. I choose Delta, you conniving little worm, she hissed. I can't harm people. But you aren't people. We aren't people. We are Dungeon, and you are less than us. You wish me to offer Delta up to the Parasite, as you and your people offered me up in the end. I'd rather crack and burn, you little wretch. Now, uh, give in. Delta took you in, and trust me, 
None of us. Not Lord Mushy or Sir Fran. And certainly not I. Approve of your continued existence. You are here by her kindness only. And while I am a jaded shell of who I was, Wine whispered, and the fairy could feel her insides being stretched. Delta would have been welcomed as my head priestess or a friend if I were still your goddess. Now, I am her shadow, and if she dies, I'll weep as I use her corpse to burn this world down and raise my enemies to ash. Understand, she asked, voice suddenly sweet, and Maharia nodded frantically. Why and removed the roots and looked bored. Excellent. Now, be a dear and get me a honey tea with a mix of red honey and blue. But not green. Makes me gassy, Vibe said, chewing the berry away. Maharia looked shell-shocked at what occurred, so Wyam leaned in. Oh, and the queen is sometimes a tea companion of mine. I hear, through the grapevine, that she doesn't like you, the tree whispered with glee before straightening up. Good luck. Wyam waved, and Maharia knew that she was in hell. He just wasn't operated by some reaper, but by Delta. An orange, fungus-infected hell. End of chapter. And that, my friends, concludes this video. I hope that you enjoyed, and if you do, please consider supporting the author, even by popping over and leaving a thumbs up or a nice comment, just to show your appreciation for the story. However, if you wish to support this channel, there are links down below which will help immensely. I will see you all in the next one. And until then, I hope that you have a fantastic day. Cheers.